If you've ever had a tough time supporting your highly sensitive child through an exciting day like a holiday or a birthday, you're going to want to hear this because I'm going to share how I navigated some pretty big feelings and tricky situations on my daughter's third birthday yesterday. Let's get into it. Parenting is the hardest job ever, and parenting a highly sensitive child who's struggling can feel downright impossible. If you're suffering through endless meltdowns, walking on eggshells, and losing sleep worrying, you've landed in the right place. Because I'm here to help you feel good about parenting your highly sensitive child. I'm Dr. Hillary, clinical psychologist and mom of three, and you're listening to the Raised Resilient Podcast, where I help you make sense of your child's challenging behaviors and build resilience in the face of their big emotions. So warm up your coffee and grab your earbuds. It's time to turn your child's sensitivity into their superpower. Welcome back to Raised Resilient. I'm your host, Dr. Hillary, and I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to another one of my parenting reflections episodes where I'm sharing a snippet from my own real life as a mom. So if you've ever had a birthday or a holiday with your highly sensitive child, a day that's supposed to be fun and exciting, and instead of fun and joy and excitement, you faced meltdown after meltdown and big feeling after big feeling, you are not alone. Here's the thing we have to understand. Highly sensitive kids, all kids really, but especially highly sensitive kids are especially prone to struggling on these supposedly fun and exciting days. You might face situations like a child running away from their friends when they try to sing happy birthday at their party because the stimulation and the attention is just too much. You might deal with disappointment over a gift, a big reaction to something that was given in love and kindness and your child should be grateful for, right? But they have a big reaction because it's not what they were hoping for or expecting. Or maybe the thing that you had planned that you thought was going to be so much fun, your child is just not into and they really don't want to do it. So these are all super common situations, especially for highly sensitive kids. And it can really throw us off as parents, right? I mean, we work so hard to make the day special. We put in time and effort and money and thought and planning, and then our child is melting down and it's like, what is going on? So yesterday was my daughter's third birthday, which let's talk for just a second about the grief that we hold as parents. And I think nobody really talks about this, but we really should. Like, obviously I am grateful and just so happy glad that she is healthy and she gets to celebrate birthday after birthday. And I am so looking forward to all of the years. Every single age and stage has its amazing moments and things to look forward to. And honestly, as a mom, I have loved every age more than the one before it. But this one hit me hard. It's my youngest child and she is leaving her toddler years behind. And I love toddlers. I absolutely adore them. I feel like they are misunderstood by most of society. And I just really adore having toddlers. And it's a stage I'm going to miss. But preschoolers are also so amazing. And so much cool stuff happens during the preschool years, right? That's where pretend play really starts to come out. So I'm super excited for what's to come. But I feel like there is something about leaving behind the baby years, the baby and toddler years as a mom that is just hitting me really hard with this birthday. And I think we need to feel those feelings. And I'll be honest, I spent a lot of the weekend and the day yesterday just pushing these feelings down because I was too busy celebrating 
to really feel them. But last night, as I was putting her to bed, it hit me and I had tears in my eyes. And I was just like, oh my goodness, I need to spend some time with these feelings. I can't just keep pushing these down. And it's funny, this is something I talk a lot about with the clients in my group coaching program, because we cannot show up for our kids if we are not aware of and processing actively our own emotions. And I would argue that's one of the biggest revelations for most parents who go through my program is that, oh, I've got to regulate and process and be aware of my own emotions too. So I spent some time with these feelings last night. I journaled. I have this tradition where I write my kids an email. They have their own email addresses that they don't really check yet, but we have them set up. We've done that since they were born. And so I send my kids an email every year on their birthdays. And I tell them about all of the things that they are into right now and all of the fun things we did for their birthday. And I attach some pictures. And so I did that last night. And then I also spent some time doing something called tapping. It's also known as EFT or the emotional freedom technique. And it is something that I had used in some of my sessions with my therapy clients. But something that I've only recently started doing at home on my own. And oh my goodness, what a powerful way to release emotions. And I love it because the tapping process doesn't just focus on getting rid of the emotions. You have to acknowledge your emotions before you can move through them, right? And this is something that we're teaching our kids too, but it is equally important for us as adults. And I know for myself, if I had not taken the time to process those emotions last night, they would have taken up residence in my body and they would have come out kind of like they do for our kids at the most inopportune moment, probably in some sort of adult meltdown over not having enough coffee creamer or something like that. And listen, I am so far from perfect at processing my emotions. There are plenty of times they do come out in that adult meltdown, but I am trying hard to actively process my emotions and actively release them when they're ready to be released. And I just feel like sometimes the stress that comes up around birthdays and holidays and these sort of milestone moments in our lives that are supposed to be so joyous and so wonderful and there's not supposed to be any painful or challenging emotions, right? But I feel like a lot of times the stress that does come up around these special days has something to do with the grief inherent in life passing by. And the annual check-in that these holidays provide, where was I a year ago? Where am I heading? Who was here in my life that might not be anymore? And I think that as our kids grow and have birthdays, they kind of become a new version of themselves with each age and stage. And so you are growing with them as a parent. You're getting to witness their growth, but you're also leaving behind that little baby or that little toddler. Right. And so it is emotional. There is grief inherent in that process. You're not doing it wrong if you're sad or have bittersweet emotions on these days. It's just part of the process. And I would argue that I don't think we can show up the way we want to for our kids if we stuff that grief down, if we make ourselves bad for feeling it, if we don't allow it space to coexist with the joy of watching our kids grow. If we don't process and acknowledge those feelings, then how can we be present for this new little version of our child that needs to emerge with each age and stage? So that was supposed to be an aside, but I don't know. I guess that felt really important to talk about. So there you go. I feel like that's a really, really important piece of these special days as a parent. So allow it some space. 
right? I think that's really, really important. And just see what shifts as you do. So now let's talk about my daughter's third birthday. So she is a kid who, honestly, there are things that I would expect would be challenging for her that she just loves. Okay, so for example, yesterday, her entire mommy and me music class and her entire mommy and me gymnastics class sang happy birthday to her. And I can tell you that if that had been, especially my oldest, when he was her age, he would have been like hiding his face in my sweater and like not into it at all. But y'all, my daughter was beaming. She was like, this is amazing. Yes, please sing happy birthday to me. Yay me. Let's celebrate. And I freaking love it. I am here for it. You know, that's so great. But it is equally okay if your child is not here for it. If your child feels overwhelmed in those moments, that is okay. And we just kind of as parents have to take cues from how our child is receiving it and then roll with that. Maybe they need a break. Maybe afterward, they need to process what that was like with you. For a lot of kids, they just need to get used to this. And especially when they're really little, they just need you nearby to be able to navigate this. But sometimes for our highly sensitive kids, it is too much. And you can absolutely tell their teachers that and be their advocate and just let them know this is an overwhelming experience. So we're going to skip the happy birthday song and friends can just come up and say happy birthday individually. Similarly, birthday parties can be overwhelming. But for my daughter, she actually had a great time at her party and she played with her friends and enjoyed being with everybody. But she was up all night that night because I think it was just so much stimulation. And this is a kid who typically sleeps pretty well. But looking back, what I think happened was that she was just so stimulated all day by all of the activity. And then we put her to bed at her normal bedtime and she probably needed to go to bed a little bit earlier. She's dropping her nap. And so I think we had some overtired sort of wake-ups that night. And so then on her actual birthday the next day, she was not coming into the day with a full tank. And this is just something to be aware of too, especially with highly sensitive kids. A lot of times they do fine at the event, but it's afterward that they need some space to process. And honestly, I was not thinking in that way as a mom. Like our whole day, the day of her actual birthday was jam-packed. She had her three-year well check that her dad took her to, and then me and her dad and her went out to breakfast, and then we went straight to music class, and then we came home, and she and I baked her cake, which was really fun, but also, again, like activity and go, go, go. And then we went to gymnastics, and then we went out to dinner. Now, all of this was her idea. She was excited about it, But in retrospect, I probably should have scheduled in a little more downtime for her, especially after she had been up all night. Also, there wasn't a lot of space to do gifts. And just a note on gifts, by the way, we did not and typically do not open gifts at my kids' birthday parties because I feel like that can be fairly overwhelming for the child opening them in front of everybody. And then there's a lot of maybe pressure to have certain reactions. And as parents, we can want our kids to have certain reactions. And so on birthday parties, when all the attention is on one kid, I typically save the gifts for later. And especially with younger kids, right? So for a three-year-old, she is never going to appreciate those gifts as much if she opens them all in one big flurry of excitement as she will if she opens them one at a time, say over the next week or so, which is exactly what we're going to do. So anyway, that's just a tip. 
if you are navigating birthdays with your highly sensitive child, that can be one way to sort of lessen the stimulation and the pressure that's placed on your child in these moments. And also, I think that's better for the other kids at the party too, because then they can just focus on playing and they don't have to stop and watch a kid open all their gifts. Now, if you choose to do the gifts at the party, totally fine. Like that is normal, that is fine, and it can be really fun and it can be a fine way to do things. I am not saying that's the wrong thing to do, not at all. I'm just saying that for my kids, this tends to work better. So just throwing that out there in case you're hearing that and you're like, oh my gosh, yes, that would be so much better for my child. But we tried to have my daughter open a few of her gifts in a very small window of time between her coming back from walking with her dad to get her brothers from school and leaving for gymnastics. I felt bad not having her open any gifts on her birthday. So I thought, let's open a few gifts right now in this little time window, and then we'll go to gymnastics and it'll be fine, right? It was not fine. She did not want to stop playing with these brand new toys and transition to gymnastics. And she loves gymnastics, but she did not want any part of that transition yesterday. In retrospect, I probably should have seen that coming, but we had some really big feelings fueled by being overtired, fueled by go, go, go on a day when she probably needed some downtime. And so I had to really co-regulate and help her process what was happening in order to get her in the car for gymnastics. I got down on her level and I said, yeah, you were expecting that you were going to get to play with these toys. And it's so hard to get these new toys and then have to leave them. And she was like, yes. And so I said, okay, why don't you play for five minutes? And at the end of that five minutes, we're going to get in the car and go to gymnastics and you can pick a few things to bring with you. And so she was okay with that. That was good. But then we got to gymnastics and she was not okay with not bringing her toys into class. And so that was a whole other battle. And again, it's one that I should have seen coming. And I had to really regulate myself and recognize, you know what, we're going to be a few minutes late walking into class and that is okay. Because if I had been focused on getting into class and we're going to be late and whatever about these feelings, we got to go, I would have caused a much bigger problem. So we sat in the car for a few minutes. We processed her feelings and I said, you really wanted to play with these toys. You had to stop at home and now you're having to stop again and this is really hard. And I actually did give her the choice in that moment. Do you want to go to gymnastics today or do you want to go home and play? Because, you know, and this is a whole other topic we can get into with extracurriculars, especially at two turning three. And do you make them go just because they signed up for it? All of that. That's a whole other episode that I will do, I promise. But in this moment, I gave her the option. I was like, do you want to go? And she said that she did. And so then it was a matter of working through, okay, so we can't bring these toys into class. Where can we put them to keep them safe so they'll be waiting for you when you get done? And there were so many other moments, even earlier in the day, where she wanted something to go a certain way and it didn't, and she would have a lot of feelings about that. And I think if I had been expecting her to just be in this space of constant joy because it was her birthday, I would have been really frustrated. I could have gone to that place of why is she so ungrateful? We're doing everything just for her today. Why isn't she having fun? But I had to really keep the mindset of this is a kid who has had a lot of stimulation, not a lot of sleep, and not a lot of downtime and space to just be. And I think it was because I was able to keep that mindset that we did have a joyful day despite all of the overscheduling. Again, in retrospect, I probably should have changed some things up. But that mindset of 
of course she's going to have a hard time on little sleep and having had so much go, go, go in these past couple of days and so much attention on her. Like, of course, it makes so much sense. It was with that mindset that I was able to navigate yesterday with her in a way that still felt like we could be in a space of joy together and not constantly butting heads. And I definitely do not do this perfectly, but yesterday was a good example of doing active mindset work and bringing myself back to the truth, which is that she was just having a hard time for very understandable reasons. She wasn't being ungrateful or unappreciative of my efforts. This was very normal and expected behavior for a young child on a very exciting and out of the norm day. So I just wanted to share that with you because I know this comes up for us so often. And maybe it's not even a birthday or a holiday. Maybe it's just like a yes day or a day where you decide that you're going to take your child to the trampoline park and then out to lunch. And then they have a meltdown on the way home and you're like, what the heck? We just spent the whole day doing fun stuff for you. So I wanted to share this because I want you to also actively be able to do mindset work that doesn't just serve your child, but that serves you right? Like the reason I was able to have a good day yesterday was because I had the right mindset. And that is so, so important. I talk about mindset all the time. It is truly everything in parenting. And so that is just one example of how actively engaging in mindset work, even during the hard moments can be so incredibly powerful. So I hope that was helpful. That wraps up our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening, friend. And I will catch you in the next episode. Want to continue the conversation and connect with other parents who get it? Join our free Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash raised resilient. I can't wait to see you in there. And if you loved today's episode, I'd be so honored if you'd share it with a friend who needs it. Thanks for listening. And until next time, we've got this.